Hello and welcome to Cooking with Strangers. Oh yes, yes, welcome. Today we'll be putting together a queer and pleasant summer salad. Oh, where do we start? Well, first of all, we're going to take some listened to lettuce. Oh yes. We'll tear that up into the bowl. Make sure it's pre-washed and everything. Absolutely, make sure it's... It's all nice and clean, and make sure you get maybe a bit of towel or something just to oh, yes, dry the excess dry water before you off. pop it into the into the mix. Absolutely, and then of course we've got some plaid cumber. Oh yes, chop those up nice and chunky. Make Very sure refreshing. Good. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, and a good squeeze of queer trans ladies. Mm, just sort of really drizzle it on. Mm, yep, really. Ch- <laughs> really make sure that they're spread all over so that you get the most amount of enjoyment from them. And then we'll just sprinkle over a few skits for added flavour, and that will be just a wonderful, queer and pleasant summer salad that you can share with your loved ones. As long as they're loved ones who are in the home with you. Indeed. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Now a word from our sponsors. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Cake Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and have a catch up and Is do it? silly voices and skits. Yeah, it's that show. That show? That one. That one, huh? That one. Not, not any of the other ones we sit down to do on a Tuesday night together, the two of us. No. Just just this one. Just this one. Yeah, how's how's your week been? Oh, I've I've, I've had a, an, an uppy downy week. Ah, uh, bit of an emotional. As as by again, it's been. Ooh, it's been a one. It has been a lot. But it's all right. We we got through to another Tuesday, and we consumed media along the way. We did. We consumed many bits of media, some of which we played. Some of which we did play. What did oh, you play this segue? In. What did you play this week? I played Ember. Ember is now out on uh, on early access. Yes, yeah, so this is E M B R. Ember. Yeah, like one of those uh, trendy modern smartphone app names. Indeed. In fact, funny you should say. Funny it, I anyone. should say that. Tell people about that. <laughs> Would you like to to consider the possibility of a like a, like an Uber but for fire? Ah, so I I could hit an app and someone would come put my fire out. I mean, they'll rescue some percentage of of the people that live in the household. Is is there an option to pay for like a higher percentage or? Uh, no. Do I just sort of get what I'm what I what I pay for? Yeah, and you can't guarantee that you'll be one of the ones rescued from the house. Oh, that's less than ideal. Uh, and uh, they will be making sure that uh, any of your money is rescued if you happen to have like large blocks of like oh. $10,000. Rescued and given $10, to me safely. Uh, I mean, minus a, a cut for having rescued it. Oh, I see, I see. And a cut I that see. goes to Ember and, uh, yep, and a cut yep. for your, your uh, responder. Yep. I imagine the cut that goes to the responder is not nearly as high as it should be. Well, I mean... They did sign the contract. Yeah. Everybody signs the contract. Yeah, so that's basically the premise of of Ember. It's, it's a... strangely... It's, yeah. the, the premise as a whole is kind of gross. 
Yeah. But it's a really fun game about putting out fires. Be a firefighter and rescue a percentage of people. Rescue a percentage of people, rescue some of the stuff, and and sometimes it'll be you'll get like special missions where it's like rescue this percentage of people and find the special item. <gasps> that could be a chair or an empty can. <laughs> but if you get that into the rescue zone as well, and the rescue zone is basically just like a bunch of mattresses. <laughs> Just outside the Bernie bit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Like you get yeah. different um it, you like you start off with basic equipment like ladders and a basic fire hose, mm. uh, a trampoline for jumping out of windows and stuff. Nice. Which is fun because it's like, you come to the window with me, I'll just pop you down there. I'm just gonna spray the area around here and hold this trampoline until it goes the right colour. Yep, that's it. I can save to drop this. Drop this on the floor. Right, come on you. And just boing out the fucking window. Uh, yeah, or you can just yeet them onto them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, especially in multiplayer. Yeah, I saw you were playing some online multiplayer. How was that? It's great, because there's very little in the way of talking. Yes, and it, this is cooperative multiplayer. Yes, everyone is trying to... To work on one rescue mission together. Yeah, so people, like, you might have different people going to different areas of the, of the on-fire building or buildings. Mm. Um, and, like, someone might be like, I'm going to put my ladder here. I'm going to put my trampoline here. Which, A, means that you've still got use of those things. Um, it's great, like, like this is the easiest access point. Well done, you've set that up there. I'm just going to use your ladder to get into the building. Yeah. Although now I've got a grappling hook, so it tends to be, I'm going to the top to make sure everyone there is fine first. Is is it bad that I've started picturing a, com- a competitive mode for this, <laughs> where everyone is firefighters, but one of them secretly is a pyromaniac and has a book of matches? I mean, the way fire spreads in this game, you don't really need it. <laughs> like, it might be quite fun to have like a competitive mode where like there is someone sort of setting fires and, and someone or else. Ju- or just who whoever gets the most money and the most people saved wins or something. Yeah, you could, I suppose you could do competitive, but it's it's fun. Yeah, sort of it is going fun cooperatively. Yeah, everyone do the do the things together and try and save people. Yay! Um, it, the multiplayer is a bit laggy, but. It, do, it there doesn't seem to be enough people playing yet that you can sort of guarantee that someone's in your region. Hmm. Like I'm seeing a lot of people with Chinese characters in their names. It's like, yeah. hmm. I'm not surprised that in your game sometimes I am picking up a person and it is not registering, and I'm standing there for five minutes, and then next thing I know I'm sort of repeatedly picking them up and dropping them <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> oh no. But um, yeah, I mean that is understandable. Yeah. Um, and it's still only in early access, but it is a huge amount of fun to just yeah. be like, let's rescue all the people. Yeah. So the core of the game is enjoyable. Yeah, it's, it's great fun, and I look forward to seeing more of it. It's certainly improved since I played it last year at Coxcom. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, the, I think they've done something with like the visuals of the fire. Yeah. Because it looked a lot more cartoony before, and now mm. it's... You know how, like, in extreme fires, you get that sort of, like, almost, like, bubbles of Yes. Fire? Like, that's in there now. And Ooh. just, like, the super intense heat when, like, all the floor and you can tell the ceiling below is going and the walls are going and it's just this, like, orange blur up the walls. And it's like, that's really cool. No. Terrifying. Yeah, really ter- cool. Terrifying, but cool from a distance. Yeah, and there, there are positions where a fire can get so hot where you're just literally sitting there just hosing it it's like this is doing nothing 
no. I need to start from the bottom and not. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and you've got to be careful of, uh, like, electrical sockets. Yeah. Because if you spray everywhere and there's, like, electricals on, on the floor, you have to sort of track down, like, okay, where is that socket? There is the switch. Click that off. Sometimes there will be, like, a, a master power switch somewhere in the building that you can yeah. just flick the whole lot off. Mm. But sometimes that might not be a good idea because there might be a safe you want to open and rescue the money. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds really fun. It is really fun. Yeah, uh, I, I encourage more people to play it. I, um, I wrote a little... Uh, I was thinking, it's not really a review. It's a piece about what it's like working for Ember. Yeah. It was an enjoyable piece of writing that people should check out mm -hmm. based on your experiences of having played the game. StoneMonkeyRadio.blog. Check it out. Hey. Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Uh, we played something together. <laughs> we we continued our ongoing campaign of playing Pandemic Legacy. Yeah, we did. Uh, two games per week until we eventually run out of that in like three weeks. What are we going to do with ourselves after that? What will we do? Um, well, I keep getting updates from the uh, yeah. Kickstarters, so I don't think we're going to have to worry too much. <laughs> as long as we can sort of keep going through July... Yeah. I think we're suddenly going to find that we've got a lot of games going on. That's fair. Uh, but yes, we played through May and June of Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's getting tough, huh? Yeah, we lost two out of three games. Yes, we, we, we had our first, like... Two months in a row, that month was lost. Two, two sessions in it, because we did early May and late May, and we lost both of them. That's that's what I mean. Yes, sorry, yes. Well, we had like two the two games within a month, mm -hmm. both lost. Yeah, yeah. We we completely lost May. Mm -hmm. The second May game was so close. It was, we were sat there like, okay, when my turn starts, I will travel here, do the thing, we win. Yep, and. Then we'd we had to London turn over twice. an effort. Yeah, we drew London twice in a row and oops, sorry, <laughs> out of cubes. That's it. Yeah, but like, I, I like a game that is balanced that way where like, you can have those kind of games where you you die or win just as like the, the other solution was about to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I haven't minded losing a few no, of these. No. It's, it's if never, anything, it's given us a bit of breathing room. Yeah, it's, it's never felt unfair. Mm -hmm. Um... It is a very different way of playing, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it's, it's fun to explore the world. Yeah, we've we've unlocked a bunch of really cool new things on the map. Yeah. Um, we know sort of where we're heading and what we want to get done. Yeah. The story's really interesting. Yeah, it's it's continuing to unfold in a way that is both satisfying on like a game by game basis, but also in terms of the the gradual expansion is really satisfying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's really good. It is really good. Hey, do you like board games? Fucking play Pandemic Legacy. Mm -hmm. It's it's real good. It really is. Um, we have, gosh, what? Yeah, I think six in-game months left. Yep. We are halfway through season two. So, yeah, within within a month, we'll probably be we done with season two. Left. Yeah, three, three sessions left. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're getting there. Yep. And I suspect everything's going to get real hard real soon. Yeah, <laughs> but in a good way, in a fun yeah. way, in a in a fun oh god, what are we doing kind of way. Mm -hmm. And I think generally we're keeping up okay. We haven't ever lost four in a row. Yeah, yeah. We haven't had any problems whereby like anyone's dropped to zero. Yeah, and those are like the first two like turning point cards of hey. If shit's yeah. real bad, you can do this. That's the thing. Even though we've lost a couple of games, I'm really proud of the fact that none of our places have dropped to zero, that we've kept them all mm. above that sort of like minimum point. If, we've like we've got some people already like max 
Yeah, we've managed to expand the map quite well. Like, we've done a lot of the expansion things. We found a lot of cool secret things around the map. That, mm -hmm. uh, like, a lot of the things we did in those losing games are like, yes, but in the future that's going to really help. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, what about you? What else have you been playing this week? I finished Factorio. You did! You launched a rocket! I launched a rocket into space, took a screenshot of the endgame thing, and immediately uninstalled it. <laughs> Yeah, was was it? Are you glad that you pushed through to get to to finish it? I, I I have a sense of closure. I mean, I'm glad you have a sense of closure. Um, yeah, I mean, I can I can see the appeal of it. I I don't know how people complete it in two hours, like speedrunning it, because yeah. it took me forty two hours, uh, just for the the one that I actually finished. Wow. And I gave myself every possible advantage to get to the end of it. <laughs> there was no pollution. There was no evolution for the, the aliens. Yeah. And uh, I didn't do any of the stuff like, oh, do you want to be setting off a rocket every minute? <laughs> no, no, I don't. Yeah. Very much. There, there, there are some people with some amazing brains for these kind of games. Oh, there are. I've watched a couple of those speedruns now. It's just like, how did you do this? <laughs> This is incredible. I, I cannot process how your mind works, friend. Mm -hmm. uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Uh, I did some replaying of the wonderful 101, which just got ported to Switch. I've heard of this. Yeah, this is a game by Platinum, who are the Bayonetta, Astral Chain kind of people. They do their big character action games. This one is really different in that it's a top-down almost Pikmin-style comic book superhero game. Mm -hmm. uh, the general premise is that there's a hundred people in the world that have been designated the Wonderful 100, and mm. they have they have various superpowers, and they can combine to, you know... If they, if they get enough of them together, or if they collect up the population and temporarily give them superpowers, they mm. can turn them into, like, 30 of us are now a big fist that you can punch with, or 40 of us are now a big sword that you can swing around. Oh, heck. Um, so yeah, so you sort of uh, transform collections of people that you find throughout the level into big weapons that you use to do character action combat. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the, on the positives, um, the character designs and the way they're characterised are fantastic. Um, the primary antagonist for most of the game is like hilariously written and acted. They're wonderful. There's a bunch of different gameplay styles that pop up throughout the game, which are all, you know, done really lovingly. None of them feel too wedged in. Mm. Um, one thing that I was curious about is the game was originally released on the Wii U, and one of the main features was, hey, quickly draw on the touchscreen to, you know... Make your sword. Yeah, make to make your, your sword, make your fist, you know, do your symbols. And now that's all set to... I think you hold down a button and move your analog stick to draw the thing you need to draw. Mm. Um, it is not as intuitive no. to do it that way. It, it sounds like playing Akami on the um, PS2. Uh, it, <laughs> I mean, yes. In, in the sense of it's still a fantastic game, it's just not the optimal way to be playing yeah. it. Um Here's the thing, if you don't own a Wii U and this is the only Wii U game you're interested in, just pick it up on Switch. It's it's a it's a good port, it's a it's a great game that's worth playing. But like if you have a Wii U kicking about, maybe just look on, on eBay or somewhere for a second hand copy because like it is really nice to just be able to quickly 
flick, flick your finger around on the touchscreen to do the thing. Mm-hmm. But it still holds up. It's it's one of the more varied Platinum games. It's nice to see Platinum's take on something like Pikmin. Also, it's worth reading up on before you play that the original pitch for the game, it, it's a Nintendo exclusive, or at least it was back on the Wii U, and the original pitch for the game had been for it to be like a little Nintendo-focused game rather than its own IP. Mm-hmm. Um, there were very vari- the various areas you go to throughout the game were originally going to be themed after different Nintendo characters, and it's really interesting with that knowledge in mind, playing through it and going, I can see which character this would have been like. Ah, this was going to be the Zelda area. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- there's a there's a very interesting aspect to seeing parts of the game that were clearly developed to have Nintendo IP in them and then were regulated to original characters. Mm. I like the original characters very much. It's yeah. just you can see the points where, like, I know what that was going okay. to be. Yeah. Uh, which which makes for an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. Also, the end of that game is fucking phenomenal. It is ludicrous. It is ridiculous. Um, the final hour of that game just keeps escalating. It's like, I didn't think you could escalate anymore, but here we go. It's it's peak anime nonsense. Yay! Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else this week? Um, well, I played some Yoku's Island Express. Tell me about Yoku's Island Express. It's Metroidvania Pinball. Yeah! Yeah, I, it was a mistake to try and play that on stream. <laughs> yeah? I like pinball. I'm not very good at it. Don't have oh, the dexterity. God same. <laughs> like, I, 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 I still play Pokemon pinball sometimes. I find it I find it super fun. I'm no good at it. Yeah, not playing it. Can't imagine it's great to watch. Just me <laughs> frustratedly doing the same thing over and over and over again. So I'll, I'll, I'll hit just the right angle in a second. I, I will. I'll just do that again. Again. And again. And again. And again. And again. Uh, and again, 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 like 50, 60 times just looping the same things. Just like, mm. I just need to hit it slightly. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, not good at it, having a lot of fun. It's beautiful. It, the um, art style's lovely. The Just the way the, the camera moves and stuff, the way characters are introduced, powers are introduced, it's all really interesting. There seem to be some moral choices as well. (gasps) Yes, I'm interested to see if they have any sort of impact (laughs) later on. What are you playing? Me? Uh, I started playing Man Eater, which is that the the big sharky game where you are you are shark, you evolve, you become bigger, fightier, biteier shark, do many chomping of things. Um, So. (laughs) <laughs> You've got your diplomatic face on <laughs> Okay uh, I, I love the concept And when I'm enjoying this game It's great At its best It is silly ludicrous missions With um, over the top narration You've you've basically got someone doing like Sports commentary over what your shark <laughs> is doing And it's it's just silly enough To keep the tone Exactly like where it X needs games to be commenting Yeah a little bit The little... death of many bathers Exactly Um Less of it is murdering people than you would imagine. Oh. A lot more of it is is other sea sea life that you are doing eating. I suppose percentage wise, there's more of them in the water. Indeed, the attacks on humans are much more like here's a special occasion you've earned this. Um, yeah. So when when it's when it is when it is good, it is fantastic and it is kind of hilarious. But 
the controls, at least on the offset, are a bit wonky and janky and difficult to, to wield. Okay. And I get the feeling that they've made the mistake that games sometimes do where part of the upgrade tree is this upgrade will improve maneuverability. Oh and god, it's... is this dexterity in Breath of the Wild? A <sighs> little, little bit. It's... Stamina roll? Yeah, it's... it's... Sure, I don't mind you making that thing better as I go through the game, so long as the starting point is okay. Yeah. And, like, it feels like they put their, their starting point just a little too unwieldy. Like, it could have been done with being two or three notches in from the start. Or at least, like, making that the, hey, here's the tutorial, you have unlocked these powers, look at that, how better you move. Yeah, on. yeah, it's, it's got a little bit of that problem, and... Yeah... I'm not hugely far in, and I already get the impression that the game is going to be longer than it needs to be. In the in between, like the the fun main missions, there is a lot of here's an open world, go do a bunch of side quests, and side like mundane side quest time padding is not what you want to be doing as a murder shark. Hmm. I want to be getting onto the next big cool thing I can murder. Just let me murder the next thing, next thing, next thing. Big cool murders. More murder, please. Yeah, it's it it's someone it suffers somewhat the problem that the original No More Heroes did, where it's like, hey, let me just go boss fight to boss fight to boss fight to boss fight. Let me just go cool shit to cool shit. Don't feel the need to pad this out with a kind of unnecessary open world. Hmm. Maybe my thoughts will change. I'm going to put more time into it before next week's episode. Yeah. But like. I don't want this to sound like I'm not enjoying it. When I'm having a good time with it, it's fucking great. It's, it's, oh, it's wonderful, but it's definitely a bit inconsistent. Right. Uh, That's a shame. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe it'll pick up and improve as it goes. Mm -hmm. uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Yeah, I, I've started replaying Steven Spielberg's The Dig. The Dig. The Dig. Tell me about The Dig. It's a LucasArts point-and-click adventure from way back in the day. And as I understand it, the story was Spielberg had an idea that was too big for a film. Mm -hmm. Like, let's make it a game. <laughs> and how did that pan out? Um, I hate most of the male characters in this. Not gonna lie. Yeah. It's it's very 90s... 90s men characters. Spielberg in the nineties made some Spielberg nineties men. Well, I don't know how much like input he had after the initial like, this is my idea. Make this idea happen. Hey uh. George, George, you have a games division. Okay. <laughs> um so yeah, I, I don't know. The story the story is interesting. Yeah. Like so basically you are um a bunch of people one military, a couple of as um, um, uh, astronaut type people, uh, a couple of people like demolitions experts and stuff. Basically, there is a uh, asteroid heading for Earth. It's gonna collide, and they basically need people to go up and do the thing. It's it's, it's what, yeah. was it Deep Impact? Yeah, yeah, one yeah. Of those films. Deep Impact was definitely one of the go to the 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 asteroid, break it up. Kind of so things. they so they get up there. They put some nuclear explosives on the side of it. They, once they've done that, they try and sort of get inside it and investigate. And suddenly, they find evidence of uh, an alien uh, civilization. Ooh. So they go further inside and they solve a little puzzle with some metal plates. And before they know it, they're whisked off across the galaxy, <gasps> possibly the universe, da, da, da. to a whole other planet. 
um, in this sort of weird icosahedron. Um, it's not. It's a, a D. Might be a D twelve. Okay. Um, basically, there was stuff in inside a, a, a D twelve that takes them to a strange planet, which is basically just a recess and a bunch of spires. Ooh. Um, they find evidence of like alien life forms, and there is a lot of visual storytelling. Yeah. Like, hey, this look. Here are these creatures, and then they have this, and then this happened, and this. Now work out what you have to do in the rest of the game. It's like, oh, I've seen one of these. This is that explosive device that blows things up. What do I do with this thing? Ooh. It's like, oh, these things bring things to life. Okay. Well, a friend of mine died on the way in here, so let's try and fix him back up. Oh no! Now he's mad with power. Oh no. Um. Yeah, the only sensible one is the journalist, and she seems to have got lost somewhere. Oh no. Uh, but she she's ha- seems to be having a great time. <laughs> um, so she ha- there's been no damseling from her, which I very much That's enjoyed. That's reassuring. But like you, pl- you play the, the military guy, and he's an absolute dickhole. <laughs> it's like, I don't like you. Stop stop talking the way you talk. Stop stop all of your nurse. Stop it bad. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably about halfway through. I'm probably going to finish streaming that tonight after we finish recording Ooh. here. Yeah, it's it's a it's another one of those really good scum games. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to basically going through the rest of those cuz I've done most of them now. I've done Sam Max Day of the Tentacle, yeah. Full Throttle. You've done most of the big ones. Most of the big ones. So yeah, I've got I've got like The Dig and Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis left. Ah. Ooh. So yeah, it's it's a fun game, but fuck me those stupid rods. <laughs> There's basically this thing where you have these rods to get through doors, and you have to match like what what um, color and shape are on these rods in what position. Right. And it, in, there's no, like, hold down the button until it is the shape you want. It's like, click, 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 <sighs> click, 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 click. Okay, it's a red triangle, red square, red sort of diamond thing. Now it's a red circle. Now it's a, oh, a blue triangle, blue square, blue diamond thing. Ah, I just want the purple one. Oh, babe. Yeah, I knew. I knew going in that was going to be the thing that frustrated me again. And yes, there it is again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? The only other thing I've played is one that we played together. We finished uh, Twilight Princess HD. We did finish the Twiglet Princess. We did indeed. Um, I forgot how much I loved a lot of the the dungeons in that. Mm, some, mm. There's some real good dungeons. Yes. Um, the the one with the the make the statues move rod. Yep. I think it's real fun. <laughs> yes, we had lots of fun with our large, large uh, our big, stone our, our big son. We did a lot of personifying characters. <laughs> there was a point where we needed to make a bunch of money, so I just kept going getting a grey chicken from the fly the chicken down and land on the thing game and landing on the 200 rupee spot. I'm just doing that over and over again with my very lucky son. Pluckles, your, Pluckles, your good son. Pluckles, the lucky chicken, who's yeah. just like, that's all right. <laughs> Thanks, Sucker. It's lovely to see you again, Link. I'm going for a little <laughs> swim now. Bye. Yeah, we we spent a lot of this the, this weekend just personifying characters as we went. And it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was. 
love you, Tattoo. I love you too. Um, the Snow Peak Temple. I still love it conceptually, but we did get a bit lost for a while a bit lost there. For a while. Yeah, we did. We just went around in circles for a bit. Also, those ice knight things with the javelins can fuck right off. Oh, the the one that's on the other side of the swinging platform. Yeah. Yeah. yeah timing yeah. that wasn't fun. No, it didn't look it. No, no, it didn't. Um, but yeah, I, I, overall, I really love Twilight Princess mm-hmm. as as a Zelda game. It's a good one. It's not my favorite, but it is a really good one. It's it's one of the one of the good ones. Mm. Um, I very much enjoyed the last sequence of boss fights. Yeah, I I like that. Toward the end of the game, you get several fights in a row that are just. Two people with big swords just having it out in a sword fight. The dark nuts in Twilight Princess are amazing. I know, right? They're some like, of the they're some of the best ones. Especially once you've got like most of the um like yeah. sword techniques from past you. Yeah, and the thing is they those moves don't even they don't make the fight like, you know, overwhelmingly easy. They just give you options they for just what feel is a bit more technical. Yeah, you have you have technical options for what is quite a challenging fight. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, it's it's those and the final fight with with Ganondorf. Are and just... Zant as well. That fight yeah. with Zant is brilliant. Yeah, it's it's a really smart repurposing of hey, we're gonna we're gonna reuse all the boss in, environments and techniques that we had before, but like totally reflavored. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just inserting Zant and having him like defeated the same way but looking totally different was enough to keep that fresh. Yeah, absolutely, and and I like. Although they, they did feel like there were two things that were sort of sadly underused in that game. Yeah. Zant. Yes. And the, the cog Beyblade thing. Yes, yes. Both of them did not get enough time to shine. No, because they both seemed like they would be really yeah. interesting for like a couple of appearances. I, I would have loved if Zant had been properly the final villain so that we could have got more like fleshing out of Zant yeah. at the end rather than just, nope, we're putting you aside, now Ganondorf's coming. It was a really um, fascinating character. Yeah, I I like that in his final fight, he's sort of... He's so just flailing at you. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh no, all of my illusions have gone. I'm not really... I wasn't really prepared for this. I am not uh, a sword fighter, but I will come windmilling towards you with swords. It's, it's that and old... if you get hit... Yeah, yeah if I'm going to punch the air, and if you get hit, it's your fault. <laughs> um, and yeah, the spinny Beyblade cog thing... If it just didn't slow down momentum while being written... Like, basically, if you could use it as a little surfboard, that would have been yeah. brilliant. Yeah, could I just use that as my mode of transport for getting around? Because it feels really fun to ride around By on. all means, slow it down on sand if you want to make it, like, a thing for that level. Yeah. But, like, it would have been really cool if it was just like, do you want some faster momentum? Beyblade. <laughs> Let's rip. <laughs> a midpoint between running and Pona, perhaps. Yeah, something like that. It yeah. would have been really fun. Um, And, like, just more puzzles with that. Yeah, I suppose there is only so much you can do, but like, there's, there's... it feels like you get it right near the end of that yeah. level, and then it crops up like two or three more times before the yeah. end of the game. I, I suppose that's always going to be to a certain, uh, to a lesser or greater degree, uh, an issue with whatever item you introduce into your inventory last, because mm-hmm. like that's not the last one, but it's toward the end, and you know. Yeah, this this game really does go, you've got this item in this dungeon, that's all you need to use now in this dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's everything I've played this well, week. Well, the last thing I've played was Before We Leave. Oh yeah, tell me about this charming little hex thing. It's a charming little hex-based village building game. With no combat, right? As far as I can tell, and as far as been advertised, no combat. Yeah. Yeah, it's a charming little like hex-based village builder game. 
Mm. Where you um you you you've got your little people and you can kind of barely see them and they go about their business doing the little jobs you give them like exploring finding research going to school building Aww. houses Aww. doing uh, like cutting down trees for for wood yeah um, mining stone mining iron and mm. then it's like okay now you have got yourselves to a level where you could say build a boat. And everyone gets in the boat, uh, or some some of the people get in the boat and sail around. And you, as you explore, like more of these little hexes pop up, and eventually you might find another island, or three. <laughs> and and you'll be like, okay, well I now know this thing about this island. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go here and and learn. Oh, I've discovered oil. Okay, well now I can make different kinds of fuel. And I've there's like there seems to it basically seems to be post-apocalyptic. Because they talk about, like, the characters that you have in the game are peeps. But they talk about, like, in the before times when the humans were in charge. Oh. And these were signs of their civilization. Like, oh, this uh, thing is a transmogrifier. You put wood in it and tools come out. Cool. And this thing is a, a wood burner. So basically it makes fuel by burning wood. Which also creates huge amounts of pollution, which upsets people. So you need to yeah. find cleaners who will clean up all the hexes around the wood burners. Yeah. Um, so it's quite interesting that you can clean up the pollution rather than going, this is a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but it does get a bit samey. Yeah. So like you start on the first level or start on the first island and it's like research, learn things, eventually get off the island, move to the next island. So it's yeah. cool. Like now I have a ship. I'm going to sail around. Oh, now I'm on another island doing basically the same startup. Oh. I've got to build houses. I've got to build a school so I can have more than five people. Is, is this the problem from the original Dragon Quest builders? Sort of. The, um, I've, 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 I've progressed, now I have to redo a bunch of stuff. To a degree. Not, not as bad. But... Basically, if you build a library, you will have access to all of the research that you've previously okay. unlocked in previous places. So you don't have to learn to do it again, but you do have to make it again. You do have to like set the prerequisites in place in order to reach that level again. But it's like you have to build like some housing, a school, and like some, some food. Hmm. And you need to obviously make sure, sometimes on quite small amounts of space, that there is like enough of everything for people. Like, okay, you have farming and you have food, but people also need to be getting metal and stone and those things create pollution, which yeah. makes people unhappy. So it's like, well, now I need to do things that make people happier, like juice bars and <laughs> fountains and t- tea plantations, because yeah. people like tea, or like farming tea, apparently. Yeah. It's more satisfying than farming potatoes. <laughs> uh, and like harvesting vegetables will make people happier than potatoes. In fact, most things make people happier than potatoes, it seems. People, people don't like the idea of huge, 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 unending fields of potato production. <laughs> More on that later, Polly Armory. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's charming. I last night, like just before I went to bed, I got the spaceship up and running. Ooh. I launched that into space, and it's like here is the solar system. Now we've oh. taught you everything you know. Go, go, do. It's like well, I'm sorry, what? Oh, so I flew to another planet, and I landed on the other planet, and it's like okay. Now basically do all those things again. But this time, yeah, you've got no way of getting more tools. <gasps> oh. So you have to basically work everything out 
before you run out of tools. Like, oh, oh. oh okay. So I feel like I'm going to have to reload my save on that because I tried it earlier today and it was like, oh, okay, I've run out of tools and I actually don't have the things I need to make more tools Yeah, I slightly like, misjudged what order I needed to do things in. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. It's... And, and that has frustrated me and I don't know how keen I am to go back to yeah, it. You were apparently in... there's space whales. Oh, wow. Yeah. But yeah, you were... I, into... I Sorry. had a good six hours out of yeah. it. Yeah, you were enjoying the guided experience on one planet, being suddenly dropped to go do it from scratch with like harsher constraints. Yeah, is and, not and so like fun. the the loop hasn't been super satisfying really. Mm. Like it was nice the first time. Yeah, it was all right the second time. The third time I was like, oh, this is just frustrating, and now I'm on just like a whole other planet with more constraints. It's like well. You haven't introduced enough new stuff that I'm that fascinated. Yeah. So, we shall see, I guess. Well, you gave it a go. I might give it a further go, but... Yeah. Yeah. That is everything I've played. What about you? That's everything I've played. Well then, time for this. Are you looking to get in on the hot new social trend that all the cool kids are into? Mm-hmm. You don't want to miss out on the hottest social trend of the year, do you? Uh-uh. You want to be like all the cool kids on YouTube and TikTok that are totally rad, right? Absolutely. Then you'll need to get on board with staying at home and respecting the rules. Huh? Here's how it works. Just like your favourite teen celebrities, just stay at home and follow the rules. Uh, this doesn't sound very cool. Yeah, but you take a selfie, you take a video, you post it on TikTok. Oh. It's, it's the stay at home and do, th do what you're told and follow the rules challenge. Hashtag. Oh, there's a challenge. Yes, cool. the challenge. Cool. Okay, see, I'm on board. Yeah, hold, hold your phone up to yourself. Yeah. See how long you can stay inside behaving and following the rules. Oh, heck, I can do this. I can do this. Hey, TikTok. This is me checking in for the staying inside and following the rules challenge, yo. It's just that simple. So, hi, everyone. Hour 14. Arms getting a little bit tired, but I'm still... Following the challenge, really want some peanuts. Welcome to my dungeon. Hi. I understand you've been hoping to relieve some stress. Mm-hmm. Now that the lockdown is starting to ease. Uh -huh. Well, while the government might think it's okay to be out and about, I insist you wear a mask in my dungeon. Mm-hmm. Now, in order to be as safe as we can possibly be, safe, sane, and consensual, very important, we are performing socially distant kink. You will stay at least two metres away from me mm -hmm. at all times, on your hands and knees. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Now, first things first, I want you to go over to the table there. Might smell a bit of disinfectant, we've cleaned everything especially. And I want you to make sure that you put on a mask over your existing face mask. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Now that's all on. I have this extra long cane. I've been practicing with this. It's, it was initially a little bit imprecise, but I've I've been practicing. So don't you worry. Give you a few swishes with that. Mm. We've got some crops for the same. Oh. 
Yes, very good. Now, I think I'm going to try this extra-long-handled paddle. Is, 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 is that just an oar? It's used for paddling. Yeah, no, bend over. What have you put in your eyes? Ah, uh, we've continued to watch a bunch more Voyager. <laughs> uh, so, I I think there are two episodes that I want to talk about particularly this week. Uh, diametric opposites of each other. Let's start with Year of Hell. <laughs> that two-parter that was sort of foreshadowed a while back. Yeah, people say that they don't like New Trek because they're too much meta plot, but they foreshadowed Year of Hell like a season and like half a season before it happened. Oh, Year of Hell was the thing to watch. Isn't it a great? It was like two part episode. Yeah, I'll I'll say to you what I said at the time. Um, usually I'm really not a fan of stories that I'm not gonna say. And it was all a dream because it wasn't. But stories that go, and now we're going to reset it, and it's basically gonna be like that never happened, and we don't need to acknowledge it. I'm usually not a fan of those. That said. If you're going to enjoy one of those stories, this is the one to do. It's a hell of a good one. It's such a good story. It's a hell of a good story that will never be relevant ever again. Maybe it was. As far as we know. Uh, it It is gut-wrenching and painful and it really gives you a good glimpse at that cast of characters and how they manage under extreme stre- uh, stress, stress and pressure. Mm-hmm. Um... It's a very good story about pushing them to their limits to, you know, do do what needs to be done. Yep. And fascinating villains. Hmm. Yeah. Fascinating solution for dealing with them. Yep. It's a good, it's good, it's real good, huh? It's a real good episode. Um, uh, I'm going to briefly mention Scorpion, which was the season finale for the, the season before that. Oh, yeah. Um... As I had feared, the CG on that episode has not aged super well. Oh, the monster doesn't look great. But it is fascinating. Yeah. The concept of something that the Borg are scared of. Yes, yes. It's like, oh dear, how bad is this? Pretty bad. Yeah, there's been some really good episodes recently, because we're, what, like halfway through season four now, I think. Yeah. Um, The most recent one we watched tonight, I don't know what the episode title was, but it's... uh, the the doctor being beamed to another ship to go like hey there's another federation vessel out there uh we'll try and transfer you to it maybe uh, message in a bottle message in a bottle um really fun funny episode i laughed consistently throughout it the most la- i've laughed at anything with andy dick in it <laughs> um and the ending was really lovely i after several false promises of this will be the one where there's something just a little bit hopeful for the crew mm-hmm. this one actually had it a little hopeful mm. yay it's nice to have a little, just a little hope as a treat as a treat yeah it, it was a, it was a very sweet episode and i hope that bodes well i am very excited mm. as we proceed through to the end of season seven because this is one of the the few Star Trek's that I have seen like most of the two parts for. I've not seen a lot of the inter- in, in like uh, intervening series, but I have seen most of the two parters. And boy, howdy, this ends what interestingly. Yeah. Like the the finale for for Voyager is incredible. 
definitely better than uh, DS9. Yeah. That might just be my, my preference. I mean, DS9's ending was a bit inconsistent. <laughs> we had our problems with it. We talked about we it did. not too long ago. We did. But, like, I, I mean, I'm thinking about, like, Next Gen has an amazing final episode as well. Yeah. I w- I'd definitely like to see that again, because the Enterprise D refit is incredible. Well, I mean, maybe after we finish Voyager. <laughs> just can't watch st- all of the Star Treks. Oh, do we have to watch the original series? No, we don't have to watch Yay! the original series. All of, all of the good Star Treks. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, it was groundbreaking for its time, and it really set a precedent that created... But it's aged badly. I don't even remember most of it. I just don't remember particularly enjoying it. It's... I, I think that, like, it set a good blueprint, but I don't think it's aged as well as more modern tracks. You don't need to see Kirk smooching all the time. No. <laughs> we do not. Uh, have you watched anything else? Uh, I finished watching a Let's Play I've been watching for the uh, the last few weeks. I think I talked about this a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Wooly vs. YouTube channel, I've been watching a playthrough of Dokopon Kingdom, which is that game I described as... Being sort of like Mario Party, if it was a 60-hour-long JRPG about screwing over your friends and trying to get as much money as possible. Wowzer. Yeah, it's it's a hell of a thing. Um, I, I I had a fantastic time watching this, this playthrough of this game. I don't think I could ever play it with other people because so much of succeeding in that game is fucking over other people just mm-hmm. as they're starting to do well. Um, mm. it, it made for fantastic like tension watching it play out. Mm-hmm. Um, that game does a lot with fucking with player expectation. Like, ah, you reckon you're ready for the final boss? Well, as you tried to fight it, it quadrupled its own stats. Are you ready? Uh, lots, lots of, lots of rubber banding stuff. Like, if you're in last place for too long, you get offered the ability to be like, hey, do you want to just become a demon? And if you roll well enough on your two weeks as a demon, you can just take away everything from every player and basically, like... The main objectives will stay completed, but it's like, oh no, all the like equipment, inventory, money you had, that's gone. Scramble everyone, scramble to collect those resources that just got sent back to where they came from. Yikes. Uh, there's lots of ability to board reset to try and like vie for first place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it it's a really interesting game, and I've very much enjoyed watching it play. It also through. sounds like it takes forever. Yeah, it's it does a decent amount to over time introduce like. You get a bunch of new quests and optional side quests and like new classes you can go for and like it, it expands the map as it goes. It certainly is a full RPG. Yeah, it is a full RPG played out in roll the dice, move that many spaces, uh, maybe do a mini game or like a, a, a special event space. A character popped up. Do you want to risk giving them money to maybe get something back from that? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, other interesting mechanics, there's stuff like... If you don't have enough money to buy stuff from the shop, you could try and rob the shop. Uh, it's not a battle. It's purely just rock, paper, scissors. And it, you you, t- you roll your chances on it. If you are successful, you get the best item in the shop. If you are unsuccessful, you can't go to any towns, use any shops, uh, complete quest objectives for a week. And if anyone beats you, uh, defeats you in a fight, they get like loads and loads and loads of money. Damn. So you run a risk of like, I really fucking need a shield right now. Fuck it, I'll roll the dice. Can I get one for free? No, okay, I'm fucked. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. It's an interesting game. It's a, it's a Wii game that I had never really heard of before this, and now I I, 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 am, I am a fan of its weird, bizarre nature. 
heck? Did it ever get a translation? Or... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's got oh, an yeah. English English translation. Wow. Yeah. What about it? It feels like the kind of game you hear about but never yeah. gets a, like, a, an English It's translation. the kind of thing that, like, if, if someone told me it's a weird game from Japan that you will never get to play it, I would go, yeah, makes makes sense. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it got an English language release. Yay! That is that is totally a game that you could pick up on the Wii. Nice. If 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 you want to screw over your friends for sixty hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What have you watched this week? I've watched lots of things about making music. Yeah, you've been watching more of them Udemy I've stuff. I've been watching more of my Udemy stuff. I'm about eight working hours into a, a course on music theory. Yeah. So like the first part was mostly about reading sheet music. Which I could kind of do very slowly anyway. Yeah. But that and that's not even why I wanted to do the course. I'm starting yeah. to get onto the stuff I wanted to do. What's the stuff you, you wanted to um, learn? Basically I wanted to learn like chord progressions and stuff. Like oh, understa- yeah, yeah. for making melodies and things, like understanding how to chords, why chords chord, how to make better chords, how to make more interesting chords and, and sort of what what are the things that make music work well yeah. together? What makes make music sound good? What make music sound good? Yeah. Because I like people. A lot of the things that I've watched about music production, they'll be like, "Yeah, you know, here is a basic principle. You can work it out." And it's like, I, I can't though. No, I want you to talk me through it. That's why I'm taking a course. I want you to tell. I want you to tell me like, why do I do things this way? Yeah. And okay, a lot of that has involved reading sheet music and studying like, like. Uh, classical composers, yeah, and and stuff. But at the same time, like I have learnt things about, um, like uh, what makes a major chord, what makes a minor chord, how you can work those chords out if you just know your root note, um, like how you can mess around with those things. Yeah. Starting to get like why you might augment a chord, why you mm. might need a diminished chord, yeah. how you might use these things together to create something interesting, yeah. and then like we're getting starting to get like um. Was it non-chord notes? Mm. Sort of like, you might need a thing to get to another place. Yeah. It might not sound brilliant on its own, but if you just do it as like a, just just tap that chord and then go to, to this chord, that as a whole sounds so much better. Yeah. And like why sometimes the problem isn't necessarily your melody. Your melody m- might sound a bit dull, but maybe once you've sort of put in some like bass chords around it, or some uh, like other harmonies, it can actually perk the whole thing up and make it sound very different and more interesting. And that I'm really enjoying. Yay! So yeah, um, yeah. And there's like four more batches of these courses, like another thirty odd hours. This, once I finish that, it sounds like a really interesting one. I'd kind of be interested in in giving this a look myself. Oh, you can have a look. Me. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I can let, let you let you have the the look at the things. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, me. Have you watched anything else? Uh, the only other thing I watched this week is I've started watching um, Bear Stars, uh, Beast Stars, the fairy Beastars, show, the, the furry show, the Netflix furry anime. It's good, right? Uh, I've heard. I've I've been really enjoying it so far. Um, how how would I explain it? Um. It kind of feels like the slightly less for kids version of Zootopia, the Disney film. Right. And in the it's it's basically you've got a society of anthropomorphic animal people and there is a sort of I I suppose like a class structure system between like the 
the way that carnivores and herbivores are perceived. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a world in which basically herbivores and carnivores reached an agreement that like, hey, look, carnivores aren't going to eat herbivores. They will find other ways to get their 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 meat intake that doesn't mean ripping apart sentient uh, like sheep people, etc. But it seems like that's it's kind of like that Star Trek uh, the Voyager episode we watched the other day of the society where there was no violence and it's like mm-hmm. you didn't eradicate violence you just pushed it you know underground underground so like you've you've still got like occasionally there will be oh a carnivore just mauled a person to death um. Or people with like, uh, I've got an illicit little bottle of uh, of animal blood that oh, I'm gonna get high off some animal blood. Mm. Um, and I, I'm like four or five episodes in, and right now the the main plot seems to be building up two characters, one herbivore and one carnivore, basically not wanting to f- wanting to resist their instincts as their kind of animal. So you've got a wolf who is just for the first time starting to have urges to eat uh, to eat meat and is having to sort of resist that sort of animal urge to just attack. And you've got this sort of little tiny demure bunny person who is trying to resist their urge to just run at the sign of fear. And it seems like it's building a sort of romance narrative between these two characters who are both trying to resist... Their nature. Trying to resist their nature and are fascinated by each other, but... Oh, like can't can't let that be a thing. Um, yeah, it's it's really it's really well written. It's really charming. Um, I've been really enjoying this lead wolf character in that his whole thing is that he is he is the most like he is the shyest, most anxious person in in terms of like attempting to date people that I've ever seen, and it's adorable and charming. Mm-hmm. Like. They do a lot of, like, cutting away to he'll be having a conversation that'll cut inside his head and you'll hear his inner monologue and it's like, oh, oh god, oh god, we've been talk- talking for 40 minutes and I haven't asked her bloody name and there's no way I can fucking do that yeah. now without it being awkward. <laughs> it's 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 real good acting of just like, okay, yeah, I, I okay, yeah, we've, we've been there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm very curious where it's going. Um... Yeah, it's, a, it's it's so far it seems like a real charming little show. It is, it is furry as fuck. Yay. It is it is anthro animals being animalistic, but also kind of horny on each other. Nice. Yeah, so it's, it's 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 a fun show. I'm I'm curious how it sticks the landing of its first season, but that's the thing. I'm like four or five episodes in, and I'm not entirely certain what the plot arc of this season is. Okay, so it's it's. It's building up character relationships without having necessarily dropped many hints as to like what is the end no- uh, the end arc that we're going to have to navigate. Mm-hmm. Have you watched anything else this week? I watched on uh, the Alchemy channel, A L A L C K E M Y on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a comprehensive guide to Neurobase and a com- comprehensive guide to Neurobase part two. Mm. Um, so one of the problems I've had a lot of with um, trying to make like electronic dance music yeah. is a lot of the time you'll get people going, just find a sound you like and keep messing with it and just twiddle, just experiment with the knobs and see what you like. It's like, it's not very helpful because I don't know what other steps to get to a point. Yeah, it's like, hey, 
I want to know sort of sounds. How do I get to that sort of sound so that I can then mess with it? Exactly. Rather than just going, yeah, you sort of want uh, like a sine wave and then just twiddle with it from there. Yes, how do I, how do I twiddle with it? Yes, yeah, so what kind of twiddle am I looking for? So apparently this came off the back of um, some music production group came up with just like a flow chart of what you need to be doing to your sound to get a good neurobase. Mm. And then they go sort of the, the alchemy basically just goes step by step through those things sort of going this is this is that this is that. Yes, yeah. you do just twiddle a bit. Yes. You know, how, however you want, twiddle these, but, whatever sounds good to you. But these are the steps, yes. and this is the kind of thing you're this listening for. This is the for. order to twiddle, and these are the kinds of things you're listening for in this particular twiddle. And here is it with this thing on, and here is it with this thing off, and here's what that's doing, hmm. and here's what that's doing dynamically. Yeah. And, yeah, at the end of this, if you want to resample it and, like, start the whole thing again, hmm. like, to start some of these processes again to make, like, more... Yeah. Like and and explaining like what bits of sound you're cutting or changing or adjusting and how that affects the sound as a whole. So actually being helpful. Actually being really helpful because like I've had I've seen even like expert drum and bass DJs going, "Yeah, so I get like my analog synthesizer that I got when I was 8 and I like play a couple of notes on that and then maybe I'll twiddle some notes, I'll play a few more notes and like and then I'll sample that into my machine and then I'll play like I'll do like some of this and then they'll just rattle off like filters and compressors Ooh. and various other things and go, yeah, just mess around with that. And it's like, this one on its own has about 50 different twiddly knobs. What do the twiddly knobs do and what are the good twiddly knobs? <laughs> Someone explain it, please. Um, so this did a really good job of like what to listen out for and what to to um, what to, to go for. So yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Hooray. Now I at least understand... What twiddle knob do? What, what twiddle knob do and why twiddle knob? Yeah, and and yeah, maybe at some point when I've finished my uh, my music theory, I can actually get on with making music because yeah, yeah. I'll be able to do melodies and a good bass line. Nice. Hmm. And what about you? Have you watched anything else? I think that's everything I've watched this week. Well then, time for this. Can you sponsor? Who's our new sponsor? Well, I mean, look at this little baby. Look at that. Oh, I. Uh, yeah. is, is that it's some... got a good grip. Oh, I it's see. It's got a good grip. It's got a lovely weight to it. Is twin. that a solar panel? It is a solar panel. Oh, it's... this this is a wireless portable solar charging battery pack for your phone. The, you you charge it with the sun, and it's easy to yeah. hold, and yeah. it. It does. St uh, you can wirelessly charge your phone and charge. Oh, yeah. you can also. It's got USB chargers in there. Oh. At least one of them is a is a fast charger. Ah, oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, just what you need while you're staying in a home at the moment. But I, I mean, you've just brought up a good point. I'm at home all the time, and I'm going to be for the long term future. Well, that's great because you'll be able to sort of sit with it. It'll be like your cat. There's a main socket right between your feet. Yeah, but imagine, like, if you put little ears on it, right? You could yeah. leave it in the sunbeam, and that could be, like, your kitty moving around in the sunbeam throughout the day. I mean, that's an adorable mental image, but it really sounds like you're trying to sell me a product that I really don't need. 
but the the solar power banks dot lol dot net. Do they have an entire warehouse of these things that no one's buying? Is that why I'm? Is that why we're getting advertised at? Um, I mean that's not mentioned in the copy, but I'm not saying that's wrong. Yeah. Oh wait, no, no, we, we don't win. We, <coughs> oh, oh, they definitely. <coughs> okay. Uh, they definitely don't have a warehouse of them that they can't sell because no one's buying them because no one's going outside. That's L- definitely not the Limited numbers. Limited numbers. Oh, uh, they're going quick. Fear, fear of loss. Get your fear of loss right here. I mean, you have charger. Portable charger. Solar ch- wireless charger. Dot with the dot net. With the grip. And the wireless. And the wireless. And the, at least one fast charger on the USB. Oh. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, enter the code. Q and PS 119. Oh, one, one, nine. One, one, nine. And you can get yourself one of these very limited edition and definitely not overproduced solar powered battery things with the grip and the torch and the, the fast charging USB thingy do up. Wireless, you know. I mean, now that we've finished recording that ad, yeah. like, they. Clearly, they could... definitely got a warehouse for them. I mean, I can't blame them. They couldn't have known when they were producing them they were going to not be able to sell them. Yeah, but like every single advert on YouTube right now. I know, right? Ugh. And now us as well. Now us. Me too. <sighs> Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. 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 How's uh, how's business treating you this week? Business always treats me well. I not mean, as not as as badly as I treat the uh, the staff. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's is it treating them badly to give them a job that they have to do from here and get sick? Is, exactly. If that's being bad, I don't want to be good. I mean, the fact that we can get away with paying them less than unemployment. <laughs> Minimum wage is a joke. Yeah, yeah, but you know the uh, all the local. Uh, Government schemes to get people into work, they keep shoving people our way. Yeah. So, you can use a spreadsheet and you come. So what's uh, what's what's new business wise? What have we got on the docket today? Well, I mean a lot of people have in this time of uh, lockdown got very into board games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I've noticed that there are a lot of these board games get uh, digitized, like a digital version of a popular board game. Yeah. Maybe they'll be like, uh, it'll be nice to get a lot of the maths done. So essentially the game is just a calculator and we can program the shit out of those. Exactly. And, you know, on top of that, People can't meet up in person, you know, it facilitates playing from a distance. Absolutely. I mean, our net code is shit. I know, but, like, it's a board game. It's not like you have to be, you know, tracking in real time or anything. Turn-based. It's all turn-based. I mean, the fact that some of the games are timed... That's uh, that's part of the fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I'm looking at uh, some of the most popular board games of our time and wondering how can we digitize that and also make a lot of money on microtransactions. Oh, I see what you're getting at. Tell yeah. me, tell me more. Well, I mean, like, uh, so Pandemic, very popular, like, ironically at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking maybe, like, uh, you know how they have the uh, funded events? Yeah. Like, there's only, like, four of them that go into the deck, and, uh, you know, there's a a risk that you might lose the game, and, like, people say that Pandemic is a hard game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what if, like, for a number of gems, because obviously we don't want to, we want them to oh, yeah, obfuscate the money. whole yeah. money thing, right? Yeah, it's not money, it's just gems that you bought with money. So you buy a hundred gems, but for three hundred gems, for, for like ten bucks, for, yeah. for three hundred gems, you could get like an extra 
funded event. Like, Ooh. you can buy one out of the player discard pile or something. Yeah. And just for use in this, you know, this one game. You yeah, know, When yeah. that game finishes, it's gone. Absolutely. It's not a permanent purchase. No, absolutely. But that's the kind of thing I'm looking at. Have oh, you uh, exactly. got any ideas? Well, I suppose, you know, with uh, your classics like Monopoly, you could maybe have, uh, oh, you're about to go uh, bankrupt, bankrupt and you can't afford to get out of jail. Pay us five bucks and you can just get out of jail this turn. You don't lose any of your in-game currency. Yeah, like so, pay a bribe and you'll you'll yeah get out. yeah it's it's a, you're paying us a bribe to let you keep playing the game. Yeah, so you pay like um up to fifty bucks and we will sell you three keys and that's like yeah. jail door keys and that'll get you out of there. I'll let yeah you know, like, yeah. Or uh, maybe like a no-interest loan. Oh, yeah. I see. Like a, well, an in-game well, no-interest no, loan. Not a no-interest loan. A low-interest loan. I mean, it's in-game currency, so uh, yeah, I guess there is that. And they, yeah. maybe they could owe us... <gasps> you are a fucking genius. What if you could put in, like, banking? Like, hey, do you want to, like, put microtransactions in the game? You could just take out a, a small loan. I mean... All we've ever done is essentially be a service for extracting money from people. I don't see why we don't do this. What if we extract it before <gasps> they have it? So it's like, yeah, you know, for just a 175% APR, you could get like 3,000 gems in this game. You know, just, uh, you can pay later. You can pay later, not percent for the first seven seconds. Hey, I think I... Might be a fucking genius. You are a fucking genius. I know. So. <gasps> what have you put in your ears? Not a lot this week. No. Uh, there's one new song <gasps> I've listened to this week. Should I get that out of the way? Get it. Uh, get it. I listened to a song called Bad Friend <gasps> by a band called Cheese on Bread. Um, it's sort of synth pop music. About outgrowing a friend as you grow up. Okay. And that that sort of stage you can get in where you're like, I'm too old for your bullshit. Yeah. I've outgrown your bullshit. But I'm not ready to throw away the entire friend yet because there are <laughs> there are things about this friend that like I used to really like and there's that bit of me that quietly goes, Maybe they'll you know, they'll come through the other end and they'll be like that again, you know, mm. not not like they are now and that's sort of just like, oh, I, I have grown up and you have not, and I, I'm i going to have to accept, I'm going to have to throw out this friend at some point. Yeah. 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 So I've been there. Yeah, same. I think I think a lot of people do over yeah. the years. But it's, it's that sort of, like, quite difficult emotional sentiment just layered over upbeat synth pop. Nice. Yeah, it's a real nice track. What about you? Um, mostly mixes. Um, yeah, I listen to, uh, uh, mostly I've been listening to mixes, um, so I, if you can find any of these, I don't know if they're, they're, they're findable anymore. <laughs> um, uh, the first one I listened to was a hardstyle mix, not listened to a lot of hardstyle in a while, but someone was like, have you got any hardstyle I can listen to? I was like, probably got some mixes, but I've not listened to them in a decade. I would want to listen through them yeah. to check they're alright. Let me dig into the vault. Some things I might have might have let slip a decade ago that I definitely would not now. Yeah. Um, so that was, uh, first one was DJ Toff. Uh, uh, music is the Universal Language. Uh, the Spirit of Harder Styles mix. It's quite uplifting hard style. <laughs> Lots of stuff about like life and death and, and good music, like good times and 
coming together and loving the music and stuff. Um, the other one I listened to was uh, Jam On It Bounce Beats, May two th- uh, 2011. I like a bit of Scouse House. A little little bit of really donkey Wigan Pier bounce. And the last one I listened to was uh, Ed Solo, Jungle Cakes, uh, Welcome to the Jungle, Volume 1. I think that was released as a CD, so you can probably still get that. <laughs> Um, and uh, Volume 2 is available as well. I remember that being quite good as well, if you like the uh, the Jungle Cake stuff. All that good Ed, Ed Solo. Um, it's very summer, summery drum and bass. Yeah. Lots of club classics that if you've ever been to a drum and bass night, you will have heard, certainly. Yeah, that's pretty much what I've listened to this week. Well then, time for this. Do you wish that you could be getting on with life, you know, without all these cumbersome regulations stopping you doing what you want to be doing day to day? (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Do you find that all of these rules that have been enacted for the common folk Uh, are being held to a standard for you? You're uh, supposed to do them. It's not for us, it's for the common folk. Exactly. So, get your rules exemption card today. Ignore social distancing and travel rules. Very right. Avoid paying taxes. Fought in a war to stop this sort of thing. Push through laws that benefit you under the table with a little bit of kickback. Bloody right. If you want to get your new rules exemption card today, receive it by being an overpaid politician. Ah! <laughs> oh, I've already got one! <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, if we can call this meeting to order. Yes, 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 yes. Are we ready? Are we ready? Yes, well, so, sweeties? Uh, yes, I, I hear we've got some new ones on the uh, the agenda. Yes, we've uh, been working towards, uh, you know, some sort of new flavours for the air. Obviously, we've just started getting everyone back in the office since they're starting to open up. That cost us a lot to keep bribing those officials, but oh, everything's oh. starting to open back up, and that's very, very good. So, I think first things first, we've uh, taken an old favourite and we're renewing it. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, so, uh, it's, uh, do you remember the gummy bear? Oh, yes, chewy, sweet, gelatin, you know, uh, yes. Adorable little bear characters. Yeah. Uh, people have had them sugar-free, mm. we've had them vegan. Yes. And we've had all sorts of different variants on the gummy bear. Ah, do you have a new the, the new take on them? Well, so you remember there was that whole thing of, like, uh, ju- juice-filled uh, gummies for a while? Yes, yes, yes. We're thinking about sort of uh, putting that sort of thing, like a, like a, a juicy-filled, like a creamy inside for the for the gummy bear. Okay, okay. But do you have do you have branding sorted? For yes, this? yes, absolutely. We've got uh, we've got all the branding. It's all actually ready to roll out. In fact. Oh, you've gone to print without? Oh, everything's gone to print. It's well, already. I'm... We've spent a, a huge amount on the marketing. Well, I mean, you really should have brought it to us first. But I'm sure it's going to be fine. I can't imagine you doing anything too bad. Absolutely. So here it is. Uh, just uh, get that uh, up there. Oh, yes. Well, what do you think? I mean. I'm not so sure about the name. But, I mean, it seems, seems perfect. Like, a little I, cream-filled gummy. Yes, I, I get how you got cream cream and gummy. I see where you were going. Yes. Cummy bears. I don't think we can sell these. Cummy bears, they explode in your mouth. 
No, I, I don't think we can do this. Look, look, there's like the image of, of people eating them. It's all dribbling down their chin. Yes, the more I see the white creamy stuff dribbling down their chin than look at the name, the... Oh, what have you done to this company? Made a fortune? Questions, Sam, it's time for questions. What's the questions? Uh, Henrik Bergenheim asks, should they do a remake of the film Eat the Rich, 1987? I mean, if by do a remake do you mean we should go eat the rich, then yes. Yeah. That that's the remake I want. Let's, I haven't let's, seen it, but let's you know. let's as a people go eat the rich. Mm-hmm. Tasty, tasty. You the can rich. film it and make a documentary out of it if you wish to turn it into a say it's a remake, it's a film. And as a vegan, I confirm it's completely ethical to eat the rich. <laughs> Amy Ramshaw asks. What do we suppose the SCP Foundation had figured out about Dominic Cummings before he escaped containment? <laughs> um, that he can be in a quantum state, because seemingly he can be too blind to to function that he needs to get an eye test, but also not blind enough that he can drive, and too ill to stay at home, but ill enough that he needed to travel to drop his kid off. He, he exists in quantum states. I see. Yeah. Both breaking the law and in no way breaking the law. Indeed, he's Schrodinger's coming. Ooh. <laughs> oh, God. It's so sticky. He's <laughs> simultaneously coming and not coming. Ew. I don't want Cummings. No Cummings. Bad Cummings. Uh, Samuel Wesks asks, have you ever caught smudge stimming? Uh, like grooming themselves aggressively for a second, dashing two feet, grooming again. My cat Hattie does it when she gets anxious, and I don't know if it's just uh, her or if it's common uh, a common behaviour parallel to humans. I know Smudge will sometimes do the I'm going to have a sprint. I'm just going to run run across the house, do a shout and run back. Do zoomy cat. Yeah, she'll zoomy. most cats do zoomy. She'll zoomy, 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 and then go... And then zoomy some more. Yeah, and you'll be like, are you okay? She'll look at you like, what? Nothing. What, what, nothing. what do you want? What do you want? Leave I, me alone. I think Smudge's only like anxious thing she'll do is, and this is apparently like a a, a a behavior that other cats do as well. It's not uncommon. She will sometimes be like, "Hey, hey, uh, I I I need you to come watch me eat. I need mm. I need you humans to to watch while I eat because you are my protectors and it will be safe to eat while you're watching." Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a very food-motivated cat and occasionally will come downstairs and go, you still have food left. And she'll be like, yeah, but, but I had to put breakfast with you. She's she's an adorable cat. Aww. Her protection, humans. Physical proximity, human. <laughs> uh, Callum Turner asks, uh, do you have any items slash toys that you have taken with you through life? I have a Bulbasaur who, insist, uh, who I insisted a family member win for me outside the Millennium Dome in the year 2000. He's been with me everywhere every uh, I've ever moved. Look at that adorable Bulba friend. I have a plush rabbit that I've had since I was a couple of days old. Bun. There are photos of Bun bigger than me. I was very tiny and Bun was slightly larger than a very tiny human. And Bun has existed in my life ever since. Mm-hmm. They they are very loved. I briefly looked after Bun. Yeah, when when you were recovering from surgery. Yeah. You, I, I trusted you to do a look after. I know, given that you had just had to wrestle to get Bun back. Yeah, yeah, Bun had been... Um, Kidnapped. Bun-napped. A little bit Bun-napped. But it's fine. Bun was retrieved. Mm-hmm. 
Ban is safe. Um, for me, it'd have to be Huxley. Not had him. Not had him as long. Um, in the very early two thousands, I I found a werebear. I'd always wanted a werebear. Yeah. They were made by Hornby. My one is apparently called Growler. No, that hucks. It is is because, <laughs> because when I got it home, I saw a copy of Brave New World on the the bookshelf, and I was like, Huxley is a good name. I will Huxley say. is a good name. Right. Uh, and and this werebear lives in a state of of werebearness. Yeah. Because I think they look slightly more creepy when they're in their like oh, cute bear form. Agreed. Like too too cute, something's wrong. Too cute and also too clean because that size <laughs> never out. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. Um Huxley has got me through a lot. Huxley has like a really comforting weight because he's designed to stand up and also he's got like a battery box in him because he used to howl. Yeah. He does not howl anymore. No, but it means he's got a good solid Weight to him. He's a sturdy lad. Mm-hmm. He is. He is good. He's good for cuddles, and also because of the way he's got little claws on his on his paws, you can like thread your fingers through them, so you can sort of hold hands. Yeah, it's, it's very comforting. It's bear. Super cute. Although um, my previous cat uh, Tilly bit one of his claws off. That claw is yeah, and and I think one of his fangs as well. One of his fangs is like hanging a little it's, bit. It's, it's got like a hole in it. It's a big old cavity. It makes him look more lived in by a cat. Uh, Tricky asks, uh, My girlfriend came up with a great Steven Universe-esque name for a kind of cake called Tomorrow Cake. That's it. We've only got a name. What is it and how do we make it? I don't know, but the first step of making it is we wait until tomorrow. Yep. We don't make it today. Yep. You make it tomorrow, you can't make it today, and you can only eat it tomorrow. Yeah. That's a very sad vision for a cake. That means because tomorrow will always be tomorrow... Oh no, we'll never get to eat the cake. It's potential cake. It's cake potential. It's the it's the eternal promise that cake is just around the corner. There is always cake in yeah. the future. There is always cake in the future. If you don't have cake now, it's like, it's okay. We'll have some tomorrow cake for dinner tonight. There is cake in the future. <laughs> there is cake in the future and it's nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I think that's it. Tomorrow cake is... I really wish I had cake. I'll have some imaginary. I'll have some tomorrow cake. And I can't believe these chocolate chips. (laughs) 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 There is cake in the future. Tomorrow cake. There is cake in the future. Uh, Drub asks, Hi Drub. Which is the best console you've ever owned, Snez? Yeah, maybe. The Game Boy Advance SP is probably my favourite. Um, I have, and it, it that helps. That was the clamshell one, wasn't it? That was the clamshell oh, game. The that back, was good. It was the backlit clamshell oh. Game Boy. It was sturdy. It was small. Mm-hmm. It just got right to the point. It it had a fantastic library of games on it. A lot of ports of SNES games as well. Um, yeah, that that's one of the ones that I feel most fondly about. Yeah, I remember having the uh, NES model of that. Yeah, same. It was so good. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, I do remember really liking my SP. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it, but it's got to be the snares. It's the one console that I've bought multiple times. Mm. Like, it had such a good library, and all those games are still so playable today. Yeah. Like, there's so many good RPGs on it. There's, like, classic games, like Pilot Wings is incredible. The original Mario Kart. That that era, the 16-bit era, aged really gracefully. Really well. Like, so much better than a lot of, like... The the early thirty two bit stuff. Yeah, there are PS one games that look real bad because oh. that just mm. that dedication to like it's got to be three D. 
Everything's got to be 3D. I'm looking at you fucking war gods by midway. Ever seen this game? Uh, I don't know if I have. It's really bad. Let me see if I can pull it up while you continue talking. <laughs> oh, no, no. What, what's it called? War gods. Uh, war gods. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh. Yep. Oh. Yep. That... So, that's real blocky, huh? Yeah, that... Mm. And it had, like, really uh, aggressively violent... It came out on the N64 as well? Yeah, apparently oh, no. so. Now I had it on the um, on the PS1. Uh, I think I bought it the day I traded in my SNES for my PS1. Yeah. Big mistake. But I got Time Crisis, so... Time Crisis is pretty pretty fascinating. Action! Reload! <laughs> yeah, I would say the SNES, because it's just timeless and, and is brilliant and wonderful, and I love it. Yay! Uh, Lucy asks, what's your favourite animated movie? Hmm, do you have an answer for this? Yes. Whisper of the Heart. Ah. <gasps> oh. I keep trying to get you to watch it, and maybe one day we will. Yes, we we will do this thing. So it's 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 another one of those Studio Ghibli movies that don't feel like they've got like a traditional, like this wouldn't fly in a Western animated movie. Yeah, because it doesn't feel like it concludes in a in what might be considered a super satisfying way. Yeah, because it's not, and everybody won and felt better about things. Yeah. It's like, and people grew and learnt things and went on with their lives. And yeah. I really like that. Yeah, no, that, that sounds really good. Like, the like the main character is uh, is writing. She's learning to write and she does her first, first draft and she puts so much effort into this. I'm going to write a story. I'm going to write a book. And I'm going to write the book. And someone's like, okay, go write the book. I will encourage you to write the book. And she's sort of dating this guy who makes violins or wants to make violins mm. so he's like you go off to, he's going off to school so she's like but we've just found each other mm. I'm, I've got to go off to school I'm going to learn how to make violins but I'll be back don't worry and she's like okay while you're gone I'm going to write this book and she writes the book and she shows it to pe- someone and they're like yeah it's alright it's a first draft it's a good first draft yeah but you know it's going to need some more work and at first she's just like it wasn't perfect. Ah, been there, and it and it, it's nice in a way of sort of like, look, you can have these big dreams, but it's not just going to happen overnight. Yeah, and it's maybe not going to happen in a few months. Yeah, but you refine your craft and you work on it and you improve, and then eventually things will happen. Mm. Those I... things don't happen in this story, but everyone has learnt a valuable lesson yeah. and grown. I'm very up for watching this. Just point me at it and we will watch it. Mm-hmm. Preferably not on a Sunday when we're just back from a party and exhausted. Yeah, probably not the time to try and stay awake and focus. Because it has that gentle sort of pastoral... Oh yeah, no, I will fall asleep. <laughs> Although, having just got back from a party isn't going to be a problem for a bit. <laughs> I guess not. Uh, I don't have a good answer for this, so we'll we'll move on because I I can't think of a favourite right now. Oh, heck, uh, Dungeon Kitty asks, "What's the best pizza? Uh, bar- like a thick barbecue base, mm-hmm. sweet corn, mm-hmm. then lots of and th- this has been my my historically my favourite. Um, lots and lots of different types of meat on it. Uh, s- tomato stuffed crust. Now that's it. Just shovel that. No in my cheese. Fa- no cheese. No cheese. Yes." Just shovel that in my face. <laughs> what about you? So, like, uh, garlic infused the pizza base. Mm-hmm. 
then the tomato paste will be a mixture of tomato paste, ketchup, garlic, and oregano. Yeah. Get that nice and thickly spread across. Then, like, maybe soy chunks that have been infused with, like, uh, some, like, Thai green curry, so that they, like, uh, really pick up all the flavour of that. Um, loads and loads of cheese, uh, loads of sriracha, mm. and um, just, like, pineapple rings, enough to cover the entire surface of the pizza. Just so, like, you perfectly <laughs> arrange all of the rings of pineapple, so they're all over it, and then just cover the whole lot in cheese, because just the, the way the cheese and the pineapple works together, just... <sighs> Especially with like lots of chili on top of it as well, and then just smother it in um, the the chunks, and like just turn the edges up so you get like a like a Chicago town deep dish pizza, and then shove it in the oven, and boy howdy that is good, it's all nice and bubbly. Yep. You have thought this through. So much cheese! Like if you can get like two types of cheese, if you get like the pizza mozzarella stuff, oh. and like a normal like vegan cheddar. Just... You've you've got your pizza science nailed. Oh, I do because I, I I will make. Good pizzas whenever I can. Yeah. Uh, Basin asks, do you like pineapple in traditionally traditionally savoury foods other than pizza? I I can barely handle pineapple by itself. That took me long enough. I can occasionally eat a cube of pineapple by itself. I think I am years away from pineapple with another texture. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've had pineapple with anything other than like a sweet and sour. No, you know, or I had it on like a, a like a skewer with cheese. Uh, maybe I have at some point. Yeah. I probably ate those separately. Yeah, uh, it's, those don't seem like complementary textures or flavors. I mean, if the cheese was hot, because there's something about like the melty cheese, like no, it's got that sort of cheese creamy, cubes, that creaminess, and then just like the the acid of the the no. citric acid just melting through that cold oh. cold cheese cube and covered in chili sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kalerji asks, what's one public space that you miss the most? There are oh so many, where to even start? I th- I think the the place at the top of the sort of hill near us. Yeah? Like, I, I it may not be the most impressive in the world or anything, but it is, it is our little have ten minutes walk and be at a place that is green and has a nice view. Mm. And it's the thing that, like, was constantly just there as, like, I could just go there and feel like I'm in nature, and it's not very far. Yeah, round the um the marshy bits, as well. Oh yeah, with the big tree. With uh, yeah, with the big tree and just like all the nice grassy bits, all the shady bits to walk yeah. along. Like there are some really nice areas around here if you know where to look. Yeah. Um, that place over near our friends, uh, like the the big hill there. Yeah. Just like there's, it's just. Like, nice big open spaces with hills, lots of nice walking to do. Again, don't want to mention the name of the place. Yeah. But uh, the, one of the places we go raving on the reg that has, like, that all that space. Just yes. all that space. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it'd be really nice to just be there listening to loads of good, like, Balkan beats and stuff. Yes, yes. Live music, lots of scar, and just yeah. dancing around like loons. Indeed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be a while, and when the first night out after all this happens, going to fucking stomp the night away. It is, although I don't know if I'm going to want to go to whatever they declare the first one to be. Oh, yeah, no. I, I don't mean the first one. I mean... The, the first, first one, one we attend. The first one we attend when we have thought, yeah, this feels safe. Yes, the second wave has happened. I think we'll, I think we'll risk peeking outside now. 
Uh, Becky Twohill. Hi, Becky. Love you. Uh, tell me about the evolution of your hairstyles. Uh, had a bowl cut when I was a child, like a sort of mushroom bob. Then it was completely shaved with just a gelled up fringe. It was like the fringe was long and spiked up, but the rest was like practically shaved. Then I hit dysphoria teen years, started growing out my hair, it was sort of wavy and thick and dyed black. And then I sort of cut it shorter and tried to style it a bit more, uh, dyed it blue, it stayed blue ever since. Didn't really do anything with it for many years, it was just sort of long and blue. And then a couple of months ago I shaved one of the sides. Yeah. And now I've got a shaved side and blue sort of swept over the other way. Mm-hmm. What about you? Okay, fine. We're going to do this. Um, it was short and wispy as a as a baby. There was a whole period in my teenage years where it was like like that, like a tripled stripe, skunk stripes at the front Oh. that sort of went into an L has at the back and just went into a single line right down the bottom. Then I shaved out all the black bits. So it was just the this like weird yellow tufts that looked like a squirrel, like like some kind of caterpillar was just undulating across my head, which my mum kept saying made me look like Krusty the Clown. <laughs> um, I grew that out a bit. It was a like a little mini mohawk in various colours. So I think it was green, blue, uh, orange, bright red, obviously. Um, I have like the uh, slightly. Uh, 90s emo dips ends <laughs> yeah so I had the, the like black until like just three inches from the bottom and the ends were I think pink green blue again red um it's been really really long several times when I was a kid it used to like often get down past my shoulders until I got teased by kids at school about my hair yeah. and then I had it cut off virtually down to nothing. I buzz cutted my hair a few times. Yeah. I there was like a five year period when it was always a two on the sides and a three on the top. And I always looked like a murderer. Um what else have I had? Then like just pre transition it was really, really long and curly again. Um then God, about five or six years ago, I think, maybe slightly longer, I shaved out one side. Liked it so much I shaved out the other. Liked that yeah. so much I shaved out some of the back and then some more of the back. Yeah. And now it's like mostly all on top and currently half pink, half black. Yeah, and up in a uh, whale spout. I have a, I've been going very much with a whale spout during this hot weather. Yeah, that's it's, fair. It's convenient. It doesn't get in the way of my headphones. And uh, yeah. I've been ponytailing mine a lot. If only for the reason that I've, I've now got a fan in my office and... My my hair blows around all over the place oh, when the fan is on, so I'm like, let's put it in the ponytail so it doesn't just blow in my face while I'm working. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Tricky asks, how do you feel about the movie Cloud Atlas? I've been thinking about how on point that movie feels. I don't know that I know it. I have seen it. I don't remember. I think that's Wachowski's movie. Entirely possible. I think it is. I think it's the one they did before Jupiter Ascending. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember having really interesting visuals, but I think I was really mashed at the time when I was trying to watch it. <laughs> and I was like, I, d- I don't, I really don't know you what's going on. You mashed right now. when watching something. I think that was also the same day I watched Enter the Void. Oh. <laughs> I, w- I watched Enter the Void while I was still a bit floaty from the night before. Like, ah. I'd just come back from a rave and I was very sort of floaty. And my housemate just came in at one point and went, There's a lot of screaming in that film. And I went, 
Yeah, there's a car crash that seems to repeatedly happen in this film. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a lot. It sounds like a lot. Yeah. Uh, Larry Yelling NB asks, Is it morally okay for someone to respond with force against somebody else who aggressively coughs or otherwise expels bodily fluids during a pandemic? You get into the situation... Um, a lot of countries right now have classified deliberately coughing on someone or threatening or saying, I have the virus and I'm going to give it to you as an act of terrorism. Uh, an act of terrorism. And at the very least, it's 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 considered in most places to be a criminal offence. And for good reason, because whether they have the virus or not, it is an attempt to scare or intimidate you, or at the very least, a completely blasé act of, I don't care for your safety and I'm going to deliberately make you fear for your, your health. And whether you knowingly have it or not. Yeah, you may have it and not know it, you know... In as much as there is ever a self-defense argument, I think if someone is deliberately coughing coughing on you during a pandemic, ideally your defense should be to to get away. It should be the flight response. But if you are in a position where you can't get away otherwise, yeah, you use force if you have to I, to I get out of that situation. Morally, I, I don't think I can say that morally that is the answer. But at the same time... I can't say I wouldn't react that way well, okay, if I was yeah. in that situation. To, to be fair, yes. It may not be the morally right thing to do, but like, I will not judge anyone who responds that way to someone who in this moment... Come, if someone came and coughed on me right now and I couldn't run away, I would probably use force to get away. Yes, And I'm not encouraging that or endorsing no. it. This show does not encourage or endorse the punching no, of but... people. Unless they're Nazis. Unless they're Nazis. Yeah, punch, <laughs> punch a Nazi. High five. <laughs> Uh, Sapphire Sunset asks uh, Thank you so much for answering, answering my question My last question uh, To continue the theme uh, If you'll let me What was the first big fashion mistake and or makeup fail Slash wardrobe malfunction after coming out Oh, wardrobe malfunction I can tell you I was running for a bus and my tit fell out Oh no Yeah, that's, that's the thing when you've got those silicon Like chicken the, the chicken fillets in your brow is they're not like secured there. It's gravity that's keeping them in place. Um, so yeah, no, I was running for a bus and I was a bit too bouncy with my my run and the chicken fillet went up and didn't fall back into the bra. It fell out my top onto the floor. Oh dear. And I missed my bus because I had to run back and grab my tit. Oh no. <laughs> Heck, uh, I wasn't thinking about tits, but now I am. So I think possibly the uh, time I was at a rave and I aggressively danced one of my tits out. <laughs> And I only noticed it was gone because I nearly slipped over on it because <laughs> someone had spilt beer on the floor. Oh, God. And I was like, I'm just going to kick that into a corner and leave it there. I'm not, not having that back, so I just dropped the other one in the bin. Yeah. Like, Oops. Um. Yeah, that one. Um. Also, uh, there is some really bad sunburn. That is indeed some sunburn. Ouch. Uh, suntan stories. I currently have a suntan on my feet <laughs> that ends just above my toes. So my toes are all pasty white and like the, the rest of my foot is brown and it's quite hilarious. Uh, and, and then like the, from the ankle up, it's also really pasty as well. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's an amazing tan line. <laughs> also because you keep going out and sunbathing oh, I... with your mask on, you are getting the reverse Batman something chronic. I'm starting to get the reverse Batman. Yay. <laughs> uh, give, give it another month or so, I will have proper reverse Batman. 
I'm reverse Batman. <laughs> uh, Mega J Evans asked, in terms of features, what do you want to see in most of the ne- most on the next generation consoles? Accessibility options. Indeed, the Xbox Series X is going to launch with support for the accessibility controller. Yay. That's great. That's that's positive. I hope that the PS5, you know, makes its features like the the, the resistant trigger. triggers yeah. optional and. Nintendo, it would be really great if when you put motion controls into your games, you would also have a button or uh, joystick layout for those inputs so that they could be remapped properly. Because your recent decision to make Switch buttons remappable is great, but you can't remap motion controls, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. Wood asks, what are some good puns? Oh, I'll leave this in your capable hands. You are you are the queen of puns. Oh. I know, I'm dry on puns. Oh no. I know, right? I, I can think of jokes, but I can't think of puns I am in isolation. I can think of a pun off the top of my head. Yeah. You've got any jokes off the top of your head? Because jokes are basically puns. A uh, girl walks into a newsagent's and asks if they've got any helicopter crisps, and the person behind the counter says, No, we've only got plain. Ah, no, 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 That'll do. I, I apologise that I couldn't think of any on the fly, but no. that. It's all the questions. That's all the questions. That's all the questions. Well then. Time for this. Time for this. Oh. Do you want to know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How are you, uh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. You've been uh, up to much in this time? Ah, uh, you know, you know, staying home. Doing, doing the good thing, not spreading, you know, illness around the world and whatnot. Yeah. More than could be said for some this week, it seems. Yes, there have been certain uh, comings and goings. Oh, I see what you did there, friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been... It's been a bit of a depressing week for seeing people flout the uh, the rules that we are, you know, that all of us have made sacrifices to follow over the last few weeks. Well, months. as I understand it, in certain, thanks to a certain press conference, no rules were broken in this case, apparently. Oh, yeah. I imagine if I did the exact same thing that a certain someone did, I'd probably, you know, not have gotten off with being told I didn't break any rules, would I? Uh, probably not. I mean, no. you probably would have got stopped by a police uh, checkpoint and probably fined extensively for this. Exactly, exactly. It's It's been a bit ridiculous watching this whole story of man who, you know, has been in direct contact with the virus, if not having it himself, travelling halfway across the country, you know, breaking all those rules. And all the excuses that have been brought up have been like, oh, there was a bereavement in the family, or, or uh, there was a disabled relative in the uh, family member. Or, you know, all these excuses. The more of them they trot out, the more insulting it honestly is. Yeah, and I think I, I've noticed... I don't know if it's partly to do with the news about lockdown restrictions, partly to do with just the state of that whole situation. Yeah. I think a lot of people have felt like suddenly, like, well, what's the point? You know, if they're yeah. not doing it, why the bloody hell should I? Because, you know, they're saying, you know, no restrictions gone. I had to go to the shops today to get, like, yeah. some essentials. And I noticed that, like, every, it's like there are so many more people, probably like five or six times as many yep, people. No as one's I've wearing seen their masks. For weeks, you know. Maybe four or five masks the whole time I was e- out. Exactly. I think uh, the, the problem going on right now is, is twofold. First of all, as you point out, there is that issue of um, it sort of sends the message that uh, rules just don't matter, which, you know, this is the worst time possible for that message to get out there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but it also is just a big slap into in the face to the people who are following the rules. And, you know, 
even when this officially ends, I'm sure we're going to, you know, have a bit, like, continue to stay in for longer than that, because, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to do the right thing, we're trying to help, but I've, I've known multiple people who have lost people during, during this whole event, who haven't been able to have funerals for lost family members. Haven't been able to be with family members who have clearly been distraught as a result of said loss. Exactly. There are people in my life that I wish I could go and support right now, and I can't, who are dealing with, you know, tough things. And it, to see someone like, you know, this politician man go, yeah, but but I had my unique situation of a bereavement, so I had to go. It's like, no, we all had to make real painful sacrifices not being able to go. Fuck you trying to say that you are allowed to do that and we can't. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen other people talking saying that one of his excuses was that, uh, you know, he couldn't find people to get him groceries and stuff. As I understand it, there is a a community program at the moment where if he had contacted them, Uh, they could have had, like, doorstep drops for Uh, it. Literally on his road, as I understand it. Literally on his road, there are people who are like, hey, if you cannot get to the shops, we will go to the shops and bring food to you if you are, like, the virus is in your house and you can't leave. We'll bring you food. Yeah, I can only help that. uh, hope that the other side of this, people remember, like, the ways people have come together and supported each other. And, you know, done all these community things and realised that perhaps... Going back the way things were is not an option. Exactly. And then again, on top of that, we can't just sit by and let there be one set of rules for politicians and the wealthy and a separate set of rules for everyone else. Absolutely. Uh, We need to keep being loud about, no, you don't get to do that. We need to actually all be in this together as opposed to, you're all in this together, you bloody plebs, ha ha ha. Yeah. Virtual hug, mate. Virtual hug, yeah. (sighs) Oh, good up. Good up, good up. Yeah, I'm going to uh, pop the kettle on. So am I. I'm also going to pop my kettle on. We shall have a, a, our respective and socially distant cups of tea. Yeah. So, Laura. Me. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz in all of the places. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. LauraKBuzz.com, where you'll find written versions of all my articles, freelance features, podcast links, videos, etc. If you like my work but prefer to hear it in podcast form, which is entirely possible because you're listening to this podcast, Mm. now exists the Laura K Buzz podcast, where uh, there's about a dozen things from my back catalogue on there, but every time I make a written feature that's, you know, not a freelance one for another website... I will record it as an audio version and put that up on a podcast feed. So, you know, if you want to hear 10 minute long doses of me talking about a topic and reading, you know, reading a feature to you, you know, a couple of times a week, maybe. Um, If I do any of my like not quite live streams after publisher press conferences, I'll probably put the audio of those up on there. So occasionally you'll get slightly longer ones, but generally sort of 10 minute long little audio bites of Here's a thing I wrote this week. Do you not want to read it, or you don't have time, or you need it? It's easier if it's read to you. Check out the Laura K Buzz podcast. It'll be there. Yay! Uh, that is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. There's an RSS feed. You can tweet me if you want that. Other than that, um, I've got some books. There's Uncomfortable Labels, which is about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. There is Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is coming out on February fourth, twenty twenty one. It's a Uh, Silly and serious uh, coffee table book of video game character butt reviews and illustrations. 
Sorry it got delayed by the virus, but it is coming. I promise it'll be worth the wait. Uh, I also have another book on the way soon. In the next month or so, keep an eye out for information about my gender euphoria anthology book that I've been working on. Like, imminently official word about that is going to be coming, so like, look forward to that. It's very exciting. Yeah! Other than that, I've got podcasts. I'm on Pixel Squirt, which is a video game uh, video game character pornography podcast, which I do with Mari and Stacey from Geek Remix. I'm on Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. Uh, I'm on Dice Funk, where we do Dungeons & Dragons. I am on seasons 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. Um, each season is a self-contained story, so jump into any you like. If you're if you're daunted by the amount of it that exists, try the mini season we just did called Guns, Puns, and Justice. It's only four episodes long. It's a great jumping in point. Also, all the seasons are independent, so you can start anywhere you like. Indeed, but if a thirty episode season's like, oh, that's a lot to commit to. This one's four episodes. Give that a listen. Do you like it? Go check out you know one of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's another podcast I'm on, which I will throw over to Jane for. Oh heck, you're on Polyarmory, which is a D&D podcast that I host. Yeah! We play 5th edition, sort of... We, we play podcast 5th edition, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, and I guide a group of absolute misfits through the Underdark. And they have all sorts of adventures involving capitalism and communism and Parkin the Null, who everybody loves. Everyone loves Parkin. Everyone loves Parkin. And yeah, it's a, essentially it's an evil campaign, but it's it's more and more morally questionable campaign. And people have a lot of fun, apparently. And I do silly puns and make entire character arcs around it or, or story arcs around it. Yeah, we're currently on, I think, episode four of that. That comes out fortnightly. And, uh, yeah, we're we're many episodes ahead on recording that, so don't worry, there will be plenty to listen to. I also write things at stonemonkeyradio.blog. You can check out the thing I wrote about Ember recently. check that out. It's real good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, If you like the things that I do, there's Stone Monkey Radio on uh, Patreon patreon.com slash radio. you can support me for as little as a dollar a month but for like ten dollars a month you can get early access to this very show <gasps> as soon as I finished editing it it will be available for Ooh. you to listen to so there's an option for ten dollar and up patreons and uh, paper a uh, little stone monkey radio on uh, SoundCloud I believe we are now on Spotify we are I've tried looking for us but I cannot find us I, I I have seen us on there. Hurrah! Well, yeah. I will take your word for it. We're on Spotify now, if you prefer Spotify. Uh, I think that's most of the important ones. I've probably missed some. Redbubble. Uh, Janiac.redbubble.com. You can get one of my t-shirts. They're very silly. Yeah. And I think that's everything. For so, Laura, darling, sing us out. Until next time, be a stranger. Be a stranger.